Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ancient, A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Tunji, welcome to the cave. Hello, Elias. Thank you for having me. How are you, my friend? So it's a very on, well it's a very, and everything. Yeah, we're on set. I was about to say it's a very well structured cave. It looks like you have like you know bricks and mortar yeah. going on there. So I appreciate the uh, construction <laughs> you got in your cave. There you go. So uh, yeah, man. I mean, the listeners and the viewers know you as Ned Nick from uh, Nancy Drew. Any exciting times mm-hmm. for you? Absolutely. We're doing season three, uh, filming here in Vancouver. As you said, I'm on set um so yeah yeah it's very exciting we just we just uh, dropped season episode two sorry on friday Got episode three it's crazy how fast once it starts rolling how fast they all kind of goes um but yeah yeah we're, we're having a lot of fun here doing season three yeah yeah but we'll dive into that in a little bit uh, but one of the first things i always ask like my my guests is like how did you like fall in love with acting and what made you get into it i uh it wasn't necessarily i'm not one of these guys that's like you know from when I was five, I wanted to act. I kind of found it, I suppose, later in life. I found it in my kind of teen years. I, uh, I was always involved in kind of amateur dramatics, uh, you know, the, the kind of school production of Jesus Christ Superstar or Little Shop of Horrors or something like that. Um, but then when I was kind of in, in high school, I met a drama school teacher who, um, who kind of made it an option that it could be a profession for me, which we, I'm not from a family of actors. No one in my, no one in my family are actors or in the entertainment business. Um, so it wasn't really something uh, that was on my radar. In fact, it was actually the opposite because my dad is quite academic um, in particular. My mom's a primary school teacher and my dad's got like a PhD in economics. So he's, a, he's a really deep into the world of academia. So that was the assumption is where I would go uh, and I met the right person at the right time and she saw something in me and kind of encouraged and we got into doing kind of what we call straight plays because uh, we were just kind of doing musicals I was just kind of doing musicals up to that point I did the talented Mr Ripley that was my first like just just play that I did uh, and that kind of hooked me and I applied for drama school in Glasgow and got in and that kind of one thing kind of led to the next and here I am in Vancouver filming Nancy Drew season three. Well, I, saw, I noticed that you know, you were born in Scotland, but you also lived mm-hmm. in Nigeria. So, like, where was your first, like, when you started messing around with acting? Was that in Nigeria or was that in Scotland? Um, it was, I, look, I was probably always a performer to some degree. Yeah. Uh, my, my, uh, my, sister, my siblings and I, we would do performances for my mom and dad during their anniversary and things like that. We would <laughs> sing along to songs and do, like, karaoke numbers and work out dance routines and stuff like that. So it was always, you know, that was maybe always in my blood. But when I first started performing in front of people that weren't my family that were willing to watch what I was doing uh yeah it was probably in Scotland it was in Scotland um because you know there's many fantastic things about Nigeria but I suppose I wasn't really in in a place where I had access to drama groups or anything like that and it was more more in Scotland that I got exposed to that kind of side of things and yeah got into that you mentioned uh, your dad economics your mother a teacher when you told him acting was there a reaction to it I mean my mom did my mom didn't mind she was she was all for it because she's probably yeah. if there was a, if there was an artistic one between the two of them it's her um so my dad he was uh he was practically supportive 
but maybe yeah. not quite emotionally ready to accept that his son might become an artist. Yeah. So he, I'd say practically supportive in the sense that he, um, he took me to drama school auditions and things like that, which was like a three, four hour drive from home. He would wow. you know, drive me there, spend the day while I did my thing and then drive me back. But it was not. It was very much not a uh, yes. I'm fully behind you on this. It took him a while to come around. Now he's a hundred percent. Now he's like my biggest fan. Now he's telling awesome. me stuff, stuff about stuff I'm doing that he finds online before I I even know about it. Uh, but it took it took a minute for him to recalibrate uh, to to the arts and make and letting his son his son go off and you know do his thing mm-hmm. and that because it's a very very foreign foreign world for him. Because the deal was the deal was. I was going to do, uh, and this is good advice, guys. Everyone out there, this is good advice anyway. Get a backup degree, right? Get a backup skill of some kind you can fall back on. Because this game, the acting game is, if it works out for you, it's fantastic. But, you know, the reality is it doesn't work out for so many people. Uh, the large majority, it doesn't work out. So you need you need other avenues, other revenues of income, even if it is to just support the acting thing until that clicks. Um, so the deal was I was going to do computing science degree okay. uh, before I did the acting thing. But then I got into drama school and I said, dad, you know, the odds of me getting into drama school are pretty, pretty low and I'm already <laughs> in. So how about I do the drama school thing and then after that, I'll do a degree in computing science. Yeah, the computing science thing never really worked out. So uh, <laughs> fortunately, I just kept I kept working as an actor, and you know, it's kind of kind of gone from there. So yeah, Nancy Drew. I mean, this has been on for two seasons, and the third season just premiered. Did you think that you were going to get this far with this? Like, and everybody loves the show. Mm-hmm. It's got a good following, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've got a really loyal uh, fan base, and hopefully, expanding and growing. And yeah. Um, this is my first job in stateside. This is my first job in America. Um, so I had very few expectations or very few, you know, I didn't really have a, a, a reference point to go off. I was just kind of fortunate to, to get into a show and for things to kind of develop the way they were. And the more, the more I, the more I'm part of a project which is successful, the more I realize and appreciate how rare it actually is to, to be part of a show. One that gets, you're lucky to get a pilot. You're lucky to get picked up for season one. You're lucky to get season two. And then to get season three is like, you know, so we're just, I'm just, I'm just very fortunate that this is kind of rolling and it's a fantastic group of people. The actors are fantastic and the crew and the, the directors we get to work with and the writers and the showrunner, everyone's like, it's such a fantastic place to work, come to work every day. Um, so yeah, we're just fortunate and, you know, we're just rolling with it while, while the public like what we're doing, we'll keep doing it. And, uh, yeah, who knows where this will end, but yeah, enjoy the ride while it goes. Did you, uh, originally go in for Nick when you first auditioned for the show? Yeah. 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 That was the only part I auditioned for. I got the email. I came to, it was my first pilot season. It was 2019, first pilot season in America. I'd had a, I'd had U.S. representation for a few years, but I'd been working in the U.K. a lot, doing predominantly theater in the U.K., um, and then finally decided, okay, I'll come out to America for this pilot season. Might as well, you know, I've got these guys there. Might as well see if we can make something happen. Um, came out, and Nancy Drew is actually the second audition. You do a bunch of auditions during pilot season. Uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know, pilot season, pilot season, basically, it's, it's usually February where a bunch of pilots, episodes, like shows that are being pitched to be made, uh, all the auditioning happens for those shows. So it's a very busy period for casting. Um, so I went to pilot season. It kind of worked out that I got this job. This was my second, as I say, second audition that I did in LA. 
Um, and yeah, they wanted me back, did a couple of recalls and uh, got the part. And I'm, I'm Ned Nick Nickerson. So uh, how fun has it been uh, playing this character? It's been a lot of fun playing uh, playing Nick because because uh, I grew up with the books. I grew up with the books. I had a couple of Nancy Drew books growing up, so I was very much aware of uh, Nick. We're calling him Nick in ours, but Ned in the books yeah. and the Nancy Drew world. Uh, so when I got that email for the audition, it was very exciting. It was immediate recognition and kind of you know giddiness of nostalgia of you know getting a chance to do what is a very modern iteration. Of, of Nancy Drew. It's not like the books in a lot of ways. It is and it isn't. Um, but, you know, it's exciting, you know, it's 20, you know, it's 2019 when this thing got cast and I suppose it's exciting that we are in an arena now where you can change up. You don't have to be so uh, strict and sticking to, you know, contents that came from 1920s where we were in very, very different social times. Um, so it was very exciting. It was not something I expected by any means, but it's very exciting to get that opportunity to maybe play this guy who, you know, I'd read about and kind of grew up with, um, if not, if it being a very modern iteration of that. So it's been very exciting. And the stuff we've done with Nick has been very exciting and very cool. Um, he, uh, one of the biggest things about him is that he, uh, he had a quite a traumatic experience uh, just coming out of high school, just before he goes into college, he unfortunately was involved in a, in a fight that led to uh, someone dying and he got charged with manslaughter and did time in juvie. So he's gone through this very, just before we meet him in season one, he's just coming out the other side of that where he's gone through a very traumatic experience in his life. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had the opportunity to, to explore that in a very meaningful and deep way. Um, it's potentially it's potentially a cliche having you know an ethnic minority kind of having gone through the American prison system, young young black man having gone through the American prison system, but it's a reality for so many young black men in America, unfortunately. So one of the real points of emphasis I had with the writers and the showrunners, whether if we're going to do this, we're going to make sure that we give a substance and depth, and we actually we actually you know pay attention and look at what it's like for. Uh, someone who's gone through the correctional facility, what, what the impact of that is on them. Um, and we've got to explore that in so many different ways. So that's one of the very satisfying things about that. Oh, there we go. I don't know what uh, I how much, how much input do you have on the character? And like, like when you're reading a script, you're like, and you tell them like, oh, can we change this a little bit? Or can we change that a little bit? Have you had any input on the character? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's constant conversations going on with the showrunner and the writers, thankfully, because, you know, yeah. some shows, they don't, there's not much communication going on. But our show, um, there's there's great lines of communication. It's something I'm very fortunate, fortunate to have. Um, obviously, the bigger story points um, get decided by the writers and the showrunners, but they're definitely always in conversation with me um, about my thoughts and opinions about that. And obviously, when scripts come through, um, they're also very open to rewrites or what makes sense as Nick or, oh, actually, Nick says this this episode, but, you know, five episodes ago or in season one or whatever, he actually said this, which kind of jars and contradicts. Can we change that? Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of conversation going on and lots of lots of lines of communication. Ultimately, big choices are made by the showrunner and the writers, but the kind of minutia and the detail of it is very, they're very much open to having conversations with me about that. And we can finesse that as we go. And again, at the start of the start of most seasons, we'll have a conversation before they start writing the upcoming season. What do you want to explore in Nick? Awesome. Or what do you want to explore in your character? 
Um, and hopefully they can find a way of kind of weaving that in um, and making it something that's explored in the coming episodes. Yeah. I had a couple of Nancy Drew uh, fans wanted me to ask you, like, are we going to see any more backstory of Nick? People want to see more about your background and yeah. your past. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We will. Well, they're going to be pleasantly surprised with season three because a lot of a lot of the stuff Nick's dealing with in season three is because um, he's from Florida and this is set in Maine um, in, you know, up um, northeast. Um, so some of his some of the people from his past kind of come to town um, from Florida. And that stirs up a lot of things for Nick because he's kind of done this thing where he splits. He split his past and his presence, and they're kind of two different versions of himself with yeah. this kind of traumatic incident in between. Um, so in season three, we'll very much be delving into and looking to how do you marry those two together um, and make sure you're a consistent person and you're not just putting a section of your life in denial and forgetting about it. You're actually dealing and processing with it rather than just leaving it behind you. Um, and Nick, Nick, uh, I don't know if you're going to get onto these questions about the, the his relationship with George and the marriage proposal, yeah. but that relationship and that um, big step in his life, you know, for anyone to get married, it's a massive step. So that big step in his life has forced him to kind of reconsider himself and who he is as a person and what he wants to be going forward. And yeah. um, so, yeah, Nick's past will definitely be delved into, and we'll definitely see a bit more of uh, awesome. the Nick before you meet him in season one. How would you feel about a Nick spinoff? <laughs> a Nick spinoff. It'd be great. Of course, it'd be great. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that, because we have a Tom Swift spinoff, which is pretty, pretty yeah. damn special. Um, a Nick and George spinoff. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be a great team. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, that's a wonderful thing about TV as well, right? You never know where it's going to go, what's going to happen. You just kind of roll with the punches and take whatever opportunities come your way. Um, but you know, anything's possible. Anything Nick, Nick could solve mysteries as well. Right. He's smart enough. Yeah. He could figure it out. Uh, speaking of George, like how would you describe the chemistry between you two? Uh, between Nick and George, uh, I think, you know, I think they're perfect for each other. I think they're great for each other. I think, uh, I think the big thing, the big character points for both of them is Nick's maybe a bit more reserved and maybe wants the approval of people a bit too much, uh, whereas George is kind of the opposite of that. And um, she doesn't really give a damn what people think and is very kind of in your face about it. So I think they can both learn a lot from each other and they both both get a lot from each other. Um, as far as me and Leah Lewis go, I, I, I love Leah Lewis. I'm fantastic working with her every single time. So much fun. And such a good actor. Um, so kind of committed to what she does. Uh, so yeah, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with uh, Nick and George. Um, and obviously they're taking a big step together. So they, they were going to explore a lot of kind of complicated emotions between them. Uh, these kind of young people uh, possibly taking this or yeah, taking this massive step of, of marriage and kind of being together for the rest of their lives, however short or long those lives might be. Right. Um, you know, that's a big step. So we have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. How would you describe working with, like, the rest of the cast also, the vibe on set? It's great. It's a fantastic group of people. Um, it's, 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 it's very rare, I think, you know, once again, American TV, I'm fairly new to this, but mm. we've all heard stories about casts and how they get along or how they don't get along. Yeah. Um, and the stories that come off sets and the tension and the, all that drama that can go along off the camera, happen off the camera. But we don't have any of that on this show. And that's 
very much down to, you know, in large part down to the cast and of course the crew as well. Um, we all get along so well. We're all here for the work. We all know why we're here. Um, we have a lot of fun, but we get the work done and we're very committed to what we do and, the, you know, how we do it. Um, and I think hopefully we've got a good reputation here in Vancouver where people seem to want to come to work, actively seek out coming to work on our shows, yeah. on our show, which is a great compliment. Um, so, yeah, it's fantastic working with Kennedy and Alex and Madison, you know, and even, of course, Scott Wolf, who's actually directing one of our episodes right now. Oh, wow. Uh, the episode we're filming around so that's a lot of fun and uh riley smith so yeah we it's fantastic it's absolutely fantastic i couldn't really ask for for much more uh we mentioned that you're on set right now like how much has it changed now with like filming in the covid and like the protocols right. and everything how much has that changed since like season one here's my mask here's my right. mask um yeah i mean because we got a lot we got we got shut down during season one we were we were supposed to have 20 two or 21 episodes but we were filming we only ended up having 18 and we were filming 19 and 20 and we literally there's a car park just outside there and we all got called to it just before lunch and got told okay everything's shutting down immediately everyone go home and i'm from the uk obviously so it's like oh crap uh, am i going to be able to get home what are the flights like all that kind of jazz mm. um but it was surreal but you know we've somehow we're kind of coming out the other end of it now with the vaccines and all that kind of stuff right and numbers going down. So that's absolutely fantastic. And season two was definitely in the eye of the storm type thing. Um, but somehow we managed to make a whole season through a pandemic, which is just an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, we had no we had no shutdowns. So we had no kind of COVID outbreaks on sets. So the protocols we had in place, you know, protected people and kept the whole kind of the show running and going, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And just kind of a kind of mini miracle in itself. But more than anything, I'm just so fortunate to have been able to keep filming and keep doing what keep doing what I do through a pandemic. And um, obviously, so many people didn't get that opportunity, and jobs had, were stopped or, or lost even. So I definitely appreciate that I've been able to keep doing this thing that that we do here. Um, and yeah, just keep it keep it rolling. So it's weird with the masks, of course. It's weird having to wear this all the time around other people. Um, and keep your distance and all that kind of stuff. But if it's the price you have to pay for staying in, keeping this, you know, this, this thing, you know, uh, it supports so many families. There's so many people working here with their paychecks that pay, that yeah. feed their families. So if we can keep this thing going and you just have to wear a few masks and, you know, we get, we get the Q-tip up the nose every three times a week. Uh, if that's what we have to do to keep rolling, then that's what we have to do and keep people safe and healthy and, and keep working. And, and so far it's worked. So yeah, completely uh, fortunate and, and blessed. And I, I appreciate fully that, you know, it, it could have gone very differently, especially from, because I'm from predominantly a theater background. And of course, all the theaters yes. got shut down. Right. So if I wasn't in a TV or a film job, I would be, you know, unemployed sitting at home waiting for that theater to open back up. Mm. So, yeah, completely appreciate where I'm at and, and the fact we've been able to keep it rolling. Uh, how many episodes are you planning to film uh, this season? Have they given you guys a number? 13. So lucky number 13. Uh, yeah. yeah. How um, many episodes are you in so, so yeah. far? We are just filming nine. We're on episode nine. So, yeah um so yeah 13 which is you know it's it's a good number i think it's a great number to kind of you hopefully you get all, all all thriller no filler um and you don't have to kind of stretch things out you can just kind of 
get get it done quite quite uh, succinctly and, and accurately and quickly. Um, so yeah, 13, 13. We'll be finished right. filming in kind of start of December. So okay. get back home for Christmas. Uh, any any projects for you after uh, you guys are done filming uh, the season? No, as of yet, you know, things will start coming in and you start having meetings and talks with people. But I think predominantly, really, if we get season four, we'll see. I, I don't know. Hopefully we will. Um, so you've kind of always got to be in standby for that. Um, but also, I just want to get back to uh, potentially, hopefully get back to London and do some theatre. And yeah, you know, get back into the theatre scene because that's really a passion of mine and really something I, I, I love and just love doing. Um, so if I can get back to the UK and do some, you know, London theatre, that would be fantastic. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, how can the listeners and the viewers find you on uh, social media? Ha, Elias, I'm not on social media. <laughs> I have, a, I have, a, I have. A, out uh, a facebook account somewhere out there that yeah. i never ever check but i'm not on the socials i, I keep my life simple i simplify yeah. my life and i'm not i'm not on the socials hey so you, you can you can find me you can find me by tuning in to nancy drew every friday night on the cw there you go and there's nothing wrong but not having social media sometimes it's probably better I mean, a lot of people think that. I say that to people and people go, wow, you know, well, good for you. <laughs> like, everyone can do it. You don't need to be That's on right. social media either. Uh, right. But yeah, not, not for me. Not for me. 2G, my friend. This was great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.